I'm Raquel Velez, and you're listening to The Changelog. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Changelog, and I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. This is episode 200. That's right, the big 200. Excited about that because we actually had Raquel Velez on the show. And if you don't know Raquel Velez, she's rock bot pretty much everywhere out there, but we talked to her about where she came from, how she got into programming with JavaScript, her passion for robots and mechanical engineering, and also the culture of NPM. We had three sponsors for the show, TopTal, Linode, and Full Stack Fest. Our first sponsor for the show today is our friends at TopTal. Now, if you're new to the show, let me tell you, we love TopTal. If you've been listening for a while now, you know that we love TopTal. TopTal is an exclusive network of top freelance software developers and designers. Top companies every single day rely on TopTal freelancers for their most mission-critical projects. And one of the things we love about TopTal is that it's this worldwide community of engineers and designers that just love to enrich the community. As a TopTal engineer or designer, you'll have the flexibility to travel the world, be able to blog on their blog, be able to apply for open source grants and contribute back to things you really care about. Head to TopTal.com to learn more. That's T-O-P-T-A-L.com to learn more. Or for a more personal introduction, email me, adam at chainfall.com. I'd love to help you take your first step with TopTal. And now, on to the show. All right, everyone, we got a fun show lined up today. Raquel Velez is here. And kind of an interesting story to this show because... We had it scheduled a couple of days ago that didn't work. Uh, long story short, if you haven't been following along, we shared it in our email, we shared it on Twitter, I shared it on my personal Instagram and elsewhere on the internet, but my wife and I, we had a kid, so it's been kind of craziness for us, and uh, that's that's always fun to have a kid, And but it's crazy times that first couple months. But, uh, Jerry, we got Raquel here, aka Rockbot, what do you think, man? I'm excited, and uh, I think you probably haven't heard it yet, but I congratulated you on our the start of our last show. Just want to reiterate that, you and Heather, and uh, exciting times at the Stokoviak house. Yes, a new change logger in the system. Love it. But, but we have Raquel here. Yes. Raquel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, and congratulations. Oh, my God. Thank you. Like a little human. Yeah, you know, it's it's the craziest thing. They they you know they they come out and they they become humans. Isn't that crazy? Well, they were so human weird. all along, of course. Well, I don't know. They they start out kind of nugget shaped. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then like like slightly lizardy. Yeah, and then and then eventually over time they become more human. That's what true. What we could do is we could argue about exactly when that moment is, or <laughs> or or we talk about pretty much anything else. Yeah, it's pretty much anything else. So (laughs) let's talk about this. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this or or watched it, but you were featured prominently on our Beyond Code interview series, which is actually how I found out about you, Raquel, which is a a video series we do um, where we interview people at conference after parties. And we ask everybody the exact same five or six kind of deep questions and watch them squirm and watch them have fun answering those. And in season two, we'll link it up in the show notes. We had Amanda She, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Yeah. And we asked her what her programming hero or who her programming hero is. 
And she had this response, which is actually probably my favorite moment in Beyond Code so far. Yes, I agree. Well, we got a clip, so let's go ahead and play the clip and we'll let y'all hear that. That's a hard one. I have to say, I have, I guess, kind of a, 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 de a developer crush on Raquel. I'm pretty sure she doesn't know that I have a crush on her. But I think she's pretty awesome. She, you know, does robot stuff. And uh, yeah, that would be one. There's a lot. I like looking up to people, and I think it's good to be inspired by people. So, but she's one that I can think of off of the top of my head. I was interviewing her at that time, and I just had to kind of act like I knew who Raquel was <laughs> <laughs> because she didn't specify. And I'm like, cool, you know, good answer, good answer. Um, and then I'm like, Adam, who's Raquel? And I'm like, and that's uh, Rock Bottom from NPM. Thinking about Rock Bottom, like, oh, okay. So that was a fun way of introducing uh, you to us. Just curious uh, how you feel being a uh, someone who, uh, man, she thinks is pretty awesome and even so much to have a de developer crush on you. Yeah, no, I I saw a tweet along those lines and I think I saw the video um, and I just, I sat there like staring at my monitor just being like, oh my God, this is adorable. Um, mm -hmm. I think I, I'm honored, honestly. I think... Uh, that's that's so it's so heart lifting and just warm, fuzzy feeling -y, uh, that how can you possibly say anything negative about that? Like, that is just so cool. I spend so much time. Uh, I, I was on a speaker panel the other day and uh, they asked me, like, what got you into speaking? And a lot of people are like, well, the reason I started speaking is because I wanted to, like, prove that I understood something or. Uh, you know, I wanted to get over my fear of public speaking or whatever. And for me, it's uh, one of the biggest reasons is uh, so there's this really amazing quote that I've heard from lots of different sources. So I don't know who to attribute it to, but um, you can't see it if you can't or no, if you you can't be it if you can't see it. Mm. And uh, and so I was sick and tired of seeing the same same type of person on stage at tech conferences. And I was like, you know what? forget it. Like I need more people who look like me on stage. So I'm going to go and just be on stage and let's just do this. And, uh, so, so hearing other people like kind of recognize that like I'm out there and doing stuff like that's just super cool. And, uh, I love that. It, it feels really, hmm. really warm, fuzzy. Yay. Mm -hmm. Plus so, it was totally into robots too. I think everybody there mentioned Johnny five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which it was is a JavaScript conference. So there was a lot of um, it was down in, I was in Houston, right? So there was a lot of, uh, node and node bots people in the nice. house. Yes. yes. Quite a following. So just to have. give you a brief introduction <laughs> for you, just for our listeners, uh, Raquel, you are, uh, you work at NPM and you've been very active in the, uh, Node.js and node bots community. Um, when you're asked to intro yourself or, you know, introduce yourself, I noticed on your website, you have like four or five versions of your bio, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, how yeah. do you introduce yourself? Um, I basically say, you know, hi, I'm Raquel Velez. I'm Rockbot on Twitter, and uh, which always feels weird because people are like, why do any, what does anybody care about your Twitter handle? Right. Except that so many people know me as Rockbot. So like, they won't know my name, but they'll know my Twitter handle. Um, so I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Rockbot. Uh, I work at NPM. I work on the web team. Um, uh, my claim, one of my claim to fames is, is that I was employee number one at NPM. So I've been there the whole time of the company. Uh, and like, and then from there, things go kind of haywire. I can say so many things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I, uh, 
so I was a huge, huge part of the NodeBots movement. I was one of the original um, kind of core members of NodeBots, and uh, I was still cheerlead on the sidelines. I've, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus. I've, I've been doing it for three years, and there are so many incredible people who have taken up the torch that I want them to get the recognition because um, I'm not doing it as much anymore. Uh, and and then you know other things. Uh, what other things do I want to tell people? Like. I generally tell people that I just love to geek out and nerd out on stuff, yeah. but um, I don't know. What about your podcast? Oh, yeah, I have a podcast, uh, Reactive, uh, reactive.audio. Um, it's a weekly podcast where we basically just kind of three people hang out and chat about what happened over the last week in tech. It tends to have a bit of a JavaScript angle, um, but we'll talk about pretty much anything. and. Yeah, in my off time, I tend to I actually have started stepping away from the technology as much as I can, just because my work at NPM is so intense that it's nice to take a complete break. Mm. So I, I do a lot of um, so fun fact, I have a degree in mechanical engineering. And so the software stuff is, is really it's really fun, but I miss working with my hands. So mm-hmm. in the last last year or so i've started taking up things like sewing and knitting um which to me is just mechanical engineering with fabric or yarn and it's like super cool to me hmm. uh doing all this like engineering in three-dimensional space as opposed kind of to stuff you make um so clothes actually because Baby clothes, clothes are hard no no I, I make i make people i make i make i, <laughs> I was make trying to get some baby clothes adults. i'm sorry I get some freebies yeah. Or what? yeah yeah i mean the thing about baby clothes is so weird is that babies grow so fast. Yeah. It's like a waste of time. That way for, where for a month you're done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think all the like Netflix for babies is a really good idea. I mean, Netflix uh, clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're constantly trading up and I'm sure that that probably exists out there. That makes um, sense. But you, so you're making clothes. You mentioned you have this, this different background and actually just looking at one of your bios, you've lived in four different countries. You speak five different languages. So you're polyglot in like the traditional sense of polyglot. Yeah. Um, we, we like to, you know, learn how people came to, to where they are. Yeah. And especially you being now such a prominent member of the open source and JavaScript community. Um, I was surprised to find that you you're kind of relatively new to it in terms of your overall history. Can you take us back to this degree in mechanical engineering and how you got from there to, you know, a software developer at NPM Inc.? Absolutely. Okay. So first of all, we have to do the the Wayne's World like. Yes. We go back. Very um, good. I like. <laughs> so uh, so let's see. How did we start? Um, so I got a degree in mechanical engineering from Caltech, um, which is a you know pokey little tech school in Southern California. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and so I was really into robots. Um, my whole my whole undergraduate career was all about robots. Um, in robotics, you can do either uh, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, or computer science. And uh, electrons and I don't get along, so that was out. And computer science just seemed really, really, like, I didn't get to play with my hands. It was all, like, extremely mathy, and I don't know, the computer science nerds, no offense to computer science nerds, but they just, they weren't, like, like I didn't get along with them on like the same in the same way that I got along with the mechanical engineering nerds. So I was like, all right, mechanical engineering, it's like arts and crafts with big machines. Let's do this. Um, so I did that. 
But hilariously, over the course of doing all the mechanical engineering and doing robotics, there was always a need for more people to program stuff. So, and I got really interested in the, the artificial intelligence side of robotics. So I did a lot of programming just because I wanted to make the robots think. But I never thought of it as like computer science. Computer science was for like the really theoretical pushing computers and like computational mathematics into a whole new realm. I was just programming. Um, and so that was like, that was cool. That was fun. I did that for a really long time. Uh, and then eventually I got a little bit burned out on robotics because they don't really talk back. And if they do, something's very wrong. Um, and so I just was like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit break from this. And I, I, I was a CTO of like a little startup um, that ran out of money eventually, thank goodness, because I had no business being a CTO. Um, <laughs> but I thought, you know, I mean, I have a degree in mechanical engineering from Caltech. I've built robots. Like I could totally be a CTO of a web company. No, no, I could not. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, so that, that ended. And then I was like, okay, you know what? CTO was a little bit too big for me. Uh, but let me try something a little bit easier. And I had this like vision of what I wanted the internet to be like. And I wanted, I had this like vision of walking into a room and having this like wall size screen where I could just kind of say, Hey, like take me to target. And I want to buy a few things without any sort of keyboard or anything like that or a mouse and I, like something kind of a what's that movie uh where like there's the tom cruise has like the gloves and minority you can, like, report minority report minority report yeah so i was kind of thinking something along the lines of minority report where i could kind of like scan through different things and it was like this whole three-dimensional experience and i was like that sounds really cool i want to build that and i was getting into like websites because i kept coming with like new ideas for companies because i don't know I just thought I should just make a new company all the time. Um, and that was also a bad idea. But eventually I was like, okay, let me, let me get into this website thing. Surely that can't be that hard. Like CTOing was a little bit out of my element, but I have a degree in mechanical engineering from Caltech. I should totally be able to handle this whole internet thing. Um, mm. Yeah, I was an idiot. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> That's like your internal thought process. Like, because I have yes. this, I should be able to do that. Obviously, right? Like how hard. And also your humble retrospective perspective of it too. Of course. So what I did was I asked a bunch of my friends. Uh, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And there were a bunch of people who were like into like Ruby on Rails and JavaScript and whatever. And I was like, so what do I do? How do I get into this? And, um, and they were like, well, you know, just ask around and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I identified... Uh, what I consider to be the quote unquote coolest company in town. And what I did was like totally fearless. I just called up the CEO of the company and I was like, Hey, can we sit down for coffee? Let's chat. Um, and then I was like, Hey, how do I get a job at your company? And at the time, like node was just kicking up. This was 2000. This was the end of 2009, 2011. Yeah. So it was end of 2011, early 2012. Uh, and he was like, so Node, if you, can, if you can program in Node, I will hire you. And I was like, all right, I have no idea what Node is, uh, but let's do this. Let's just whatever. Nice. So I just, I sat down and I kid you not, over the course of like three weeks, just started 
learning everything I could about Node and HTML and CSS and everything. And it was overwhelming, but I still did the, like they had a little code challenge for engineers and I, I did the best I could and they rejected me. And I was like, this is stupid. I learned everything I needed to learn and they still rejected me. Um, but then somebody at the company uh, like saw my application was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, I should also note that like I sent in along with the code uh, uh, challenge. I also sent in some previous code. I had written in my first, I, I, I had attempted JavaScript two years prior and I wrote something that's like I wrote, uh, I created a hand, um, like an actual human hand, uh, all in Canvas and HTML and GS and JS and, and CSS and stuff. And I like mm -hmm. made it so that you could move all the joints in the hand and have it be a perfect hand model. Um, it was the crappiest JavaScript you've ever seen in your life because I didn't know JavaScript. I knew C++. And so I wrote JavaScript like it was C++ and it was a, it was a nasty mess. Like looking back on that code, you're like, oh my God, what is this? Um, but it was still really cool. And there's somebody at the company who's like, wow, she has potential. And um, so he calls me up and he's like, hey, do you want to do an internship? Like we've never done an internship before, but you know, you could be a good intern. So I, I went in and like, you know, put everything into like a little humble bag um, and was like, all right, I, you know, have worked at companies like NASA and MIT, and now I'm going to be an intern for $500 a week uh, and, and learn this JavaScript node HTML internet thing. Mm -hmm. um, and after it was supposed to be a six week internship, after five weeks, they hired me on full time. I was a junior developer. And then I just learned everything I could. And then was like, it was a consulting company. So they had me doing some PHP, some JavaScript, um, and all sorts of things. And I was like, you know what? I really like Node. Oh, I went to a NodeConf summer camp 2012, which was kind of the huge jumping off point for my career because mm -hmm. I met a whole bunch of people in the Node community. And this was, this was NodeConf summer camp 2012. There was like a hundred people there. So anybody, it was, it was like 90% of the people who are like huge figures in Node were there. They were at that event and I met them and I got to know them. That was where I met Isaac for the first time. It's where I met, you know, all sorts of people. I mentioned Isaac because he's important to later in the story. Um, and, and I was like, these people are amazing, but they're all living on the West coast, uh, in, you know, the Bay area. So uh, my husband and I got married. And then I was like three weeks later, I was like, you know what? Let's move to San Francisco. And he was like, okay. And I was like, yes, let's do this. So I got a job at a startup in San Francisco. Um, it was all in Node. And so like, I just slowly moved my way up. Um, mm -hmm. After six months there, I moved on to another company after six months. And then about six months into that second position. Um, so all, all the while I'm giving talks and I'm going to more Node events. And I'm just like really getting to know everybody in the community. I'm I, at this point, I've already started. Um, okay, I should backtrack a little bit. At NodeConf Summer Camp 2012, I also met Chris Williams, who is the curator of uh, JSConf US. And I met him, and somehow he learned through Grapevine that I used to build robots. And he was like, hold up, we need to talk about this. Because he was starting, like, 
he used he created Node Serial Port, which is the um, the interface by which you can use Node to talk to uh, serial devices, which is a huge huge component to Node bots. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had he had hung out with with Rick Waldron, who is the creator of Johnny Five, and he was like, I need you to like like we need to talk about this because you actually know robotics. The rest of us know JavaScript and we want to get into robotics and you know robots and want to get into JavaScript. So let's see if we can like make something happen. Um, and Emerging of the minds, basically. Yeah, exactly. And and he was like, I want you to speak at JSConf. Um, you know, put in a, a, a proposal. Let's talk about robots. And then uh, my proposal got accepted. And then he was like, also, I want to do a NodeBots workshop. So my very first like major conference, I not only gave a talk, but also ran a workshop. Um, and that was when NodeBots was like really, really born. And we can talk all about that. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, you know, I'm like doing this NodeBots thing. I'm working in San Francisco. Um, and then I, I get an email from Isaac Schluter, uh, creator of NPM. And at the time, uh, the benevolent, benevolent dictator for life of Node, um, BDFL. And, and he was like, hey, I'm, I'm spinning NPM into a company and I'd love for you to join. Um, and I was like, how do you know who I am? I mean, obviously he knew who I was because he'd seen me at all of these different events. And like, we had a lot of friends in common and we were, we were, you know, semi friends as well. And it was just kind of like this amazing mm. opportunity. And I was like, all right. So you're employee this. number one. I was employee number one. And um, so I've been there for over two years now. And like, it's just been this constant, it's been a constant series of learning just mm-hmm. learning more and more and more and more. And it, it is really shocking that I've only been in this industry for four years. Like I started in 2012 and it's now 2016. And right. like most people, most of the people that I work with have been in this industry for like 10, 20, yeah. like 25 years. And I'm like, hi, I've been doing this for not very long at all. <laughs> but I think a lot of it, I think it helps that I did so much robotics before. Like, so I understand the concepts of programming. Um, my one, my one, like, like I'm super proud of. I knew Git before everybody else knew Git because we were using Git in robotics, mm. or the web world was using Git. So like when I walked really? in, people were like, "Do you understand uh, source control?" And I was like, "You mean yes. like like Ooh, Git yeah. or Subversion? Like what do you want?" Like I, I I got them all, and and they were just like, "Oh no, we use Git. There's a thing called GitHub." And I was like, "What? Are you serious? There's a thing called GitHub?" Like there's an there's like a platform, like an online place where you can like do the Git stuff in the cloud. What? <laughs> this is so much better. The Git stuff. Yeah. Nice. It was like like because we used to just have our own like internal servers. Right. And everybody had to like right. get to the different servers. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually old school in something. <laughs> that's awesome. So that was cool. So I'm sitting I'm yeah, sitting here so listening to this cool. story. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm trying to I don't know, I guess, characterize you in, in light of it. And you, you keep saying this statement, you know, I have a mechanical engineering degree from Caltech and, and so I'm, I can do this. And you, I, I seem to think of you as, uh, the word that keeps coming to mind is intrepid. Like you have okay. this fearless, adventurous side or, you know, characteristic about you, which seems to have led you down this path. And I just want to mm. tee this up for you. Uh, we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Which is where did that come from? Like, where, did you did you come out of the womb in this way, or did somebody instill into you this idea that you can succeed despite 
the odds or despite <laughs> the circumstances seeming like you seem to be outside of your of your comfort zone, but yet you just kind of plow forward. So don't answer now. We'll take a break. Why don't you think about it a little bit? And on the other side, tell us where do you where did this intrepid attitude come from? So we'll be right back. Our friends at Linode offer a pretty cool service I wanted to tell you about today. It's called Professional Services. This is something where you can hire them to take care of set migrations, one-off system admin tasks, server installs, or anything else you can think of. They offer this as an add-on to their customers. And I talked to Dave Messina, the product manager of Professional Services, and I asked him what it's all about and why their customers love it. Professional services is uh, geared towards existing and prospective customers that are looking for a uh, system administrator to take on maybe uh, tasks that they don't have resources available to, uh, to execute on or just don't have the, the time to, uh, to get in there, you know, into the command prompt, diagnose, troubleshoot, configure their Linode to, to meet the needs of their application. So our team here is diverse and, you know, we, we specialize in, you know, multiple areas. We've been in, you know, the hosting industry for many years now. We specialize in Linux, so that's our forte. So we have, uh, we have excellent people here that, that are skilled and uh, experienced in multiple areas of Linux. So they can typically execute these, these projects or solutions efficiently for these customers that, that, that need our assistance. All right, that was Dave Messina, product manager for Linode's Professional Services. As you can see, if you've got a need, Linode's got your back. Head to linode.com slash proservices. Once again, linode.com slash proservices to learn more and tell them the changelog sent you. All right, we are back with Rockbot, as she is lovingly known on the <laughs> internet. And Raquel, before the break, you kind of gave us your history of how you moved from this degree in mechanical engineering to employee number one at NPM. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, you know, first of all, do you think that's a, a fair interpretation of your a characteristic of you, which is that you had this fearless, adventurous, intrepid, you might say, outlook on life where it seemed you kind of just barreled into opportunities, you know, despite perhaps the odds being against you or being in over your head. Um, and so yeah. the first part would be, is that, you th- do you think that's fair or do you think I've mischaracterized? And then secondly, if it is fair, where does it come from? Yeah. So I have to say, um, I think it's a fair characterization externally, internally, mm-hmm. uh, I am terrified, constantly, totally, utterly terrified every single step of the way. Um, but I, I have this analogy. I'm, I'm really big on analogies. So, uh, Bring no it. apologies. Um, but uh, I like to think of, so like there are people, like if, if you're standing at a, at a beach, right? And you know that there's like something out in the water. There are people who are going to be like, oh my God, it's too scary. I don't want to swim. Like, and they'll just kind of hang out on the beach. Um, and I'm the type of person, or and then, like there are people who are like genuinely fearless, who just like go straight forward. I'm the type of person who sits there on the beach and is like, oh my God, this is terrifying. But what I want is over there in the ocean. And so I'll like take a really deep breath and be like, this scares the living everything out of me, but I'm going for it anyway. And then I just go for it. Um, Mm. And then, uh, you know, there there are some people who like just get lifted up and like dropped into the middle of the ocean and are forced to swim. Um, That happens to me sometimes, but I like to be in control. So I tend to, I tend to be the type of person who's like, this is terrifying, but if I don't go for it, 
then who will, right? And no one else mm -hmm. is going to give this to me. So um, as for where that came from, I think a lot of that really does come from my family and from my mother who, uh, so my family's from Puerto Rico and um, both my parents grew up really poor, but they, they managed to get degrees in chemical engineering and they eventually worked their way up and, and are now, you know, thriving as, you know, and, 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 you know, living happily with their degrees and doing lots of great things. And they own their own business and et cetera, et cetera. So like, it was never an option for me to just kind of sit still and let things happen. Um, it's very much been a, well, what do you want? And for me, I think trying to figure out what I want. Um, I'm in, in preschool. Uh, I was, I'm part of the generation of children who for reasons completely unknown to me, teachers have decided to like add graduations at every ridiculously silly menial uh like opportunity mm -hmm. right so i had i had like a preschool graduation don't know why but i did um and uh and like i was always the type of person who wanted to be at the center of attention like we had to do like a class song and i was like well they can't hear me like my mother loves telling the story of how like i felt like no one could hear me so i just walked up to the microphone and grabbed it for myself and just starts like wow. just start like like singing so that everybody could hear me because otherwise I'd be lost in the crowd. That's silly. I don't want to be lost in the crowd. I want people to know who I am. It's a good metaphor. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it it's, is. It's truth, but it's also a good metaphor for yeah, you know, yeah. life. Exactly, exactly. So like when I was when I was first thinking about like should I get into this node thing or not, I, I genuinely was like, well, this thing is new enough i could probably work my way up to the top like it's such a small community right now i could probably get there and be known and like 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 people would recognize who i am like people would and, and like as we've found that has worked out in my favor like mm -hmm. i went out of my way like i when it comes to meeting people i'm extremely purposeful about who i'm meeting and when i'm meeting them and um I try really hard not to be disingenuous. I think I'm, I, I like to think I'm really genuine about when I'm meeting someone, I genuinely want to meet them and get to know them and become friends if that's in the cards or if, if we're not going to be friends, then we're just not going to be friends and that's fine. Um, like I, I don't go out of my way to like be friends just for the sake of networking and working my way up. But I do, I do like know who's going to be in the room before I walk into it and try to figure out, okay, well, who's here? Who can I get to know? Can I become friends with them? Like, but with the, with the added side bonus of, Hey, if, if things work out, I could, I could move up. Um, and, and, uh, and so like, that was very much my motivation in a lot of ways, not only, you know, for myself to be the person who is heard, but again, like I, like I mentioned before, there aren't a lot of people out there that look like me on these stages, uh, in these communities, leading these communities. And mm -hmm. if, if I'm not the person to do it, then who will? And there's so many people who look like me who aren't at these leadership positions because they've never seen anybody who looks like them in those leadership positions. So like, again, if, if, if I don't do it, who will? So it terrifies mm -hmm. me. I cannot tell you how scared I am all the time. Uh, but at the same time, like, 
you can't grow unless you step outside your comfort zone. So I'm taking every single bit of it for myself, but with the added benefit of helping other people as well. It's funny you you mentioned that you have this moment where you kind of take a deep breath and jump into the water, so to speak. And uh, I, I've noticed that you you do write pretty prolifically on your blog. Uh, you have, I guess, 24 pages of archives, which is pretty good by any <laughs> measurement Yeah. Um, over the years. And I went back to your very first post because I always think those are the interesting ones to read. And um, you mentioned that you kind of got into the industry in 2012. Well, your first post was 2011. It may have been near the end of the year. But yeah. it was titled Smart Latinas Get the Party Started. And I read it and it, it's almost that moment where you're taking a deep breath because the, the content of the post is very much motivational speaking almost to yourself about mm-hmm. writing this and putting this out on the web. Do you remember writing that post? And was that your, was that your deep yeah. breath moment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That was a moment where I was like, I, I need to just own this. Cause it's so easy to sit in the backseat and just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going for the ride. Let's just see what happens to me. And I, I was tired of it. I was, I was in a position where I was like, I don't feel like people are taking me seriously and I'm sick of it. So now what do we need to do? We need to step up and, and make this thing happen. And that I think was very much that I think if it was late 2011 and I believe it was, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was that moment where I was like, all right, I'm at a crossroads. I've got to, I've got to decide what I'm going to do next and let's just do this. Let's go for it. And, uh, that was definitely, that was, that was one of those moments where I was like, all right, I need to learn about this internet thing. I got to mm-hmm. get into this because let's, let's see, let's see what happens. Let's get um, the party started. How are, how are you not being yeah. taken seriously? Um, oh goodness. So many ways. Um, so it okay uh so so everything from the fun stories from college right um i was one of very few women in my in my year um in in my major right there aren't a lot of women mechanical engineers um i think i think the ratio was like 10 to 1 in my class um and just in mechanical engineering like there were a bunch of biologists who were women and and that that's cool too um, but it, in my classes specifically, I would be one or two, one, like uh, one of like one or two women, maybe three in the room. Um, and like, there are just these little things where you're like, at first, when I first started college, I was like, okay, the civil rights movement worked, feminism happened, we're good. Everybody's on an unequal playing field. And then there are these little things where you just start to realize, like, you know, the answer to the homework question but nobody's asking you and you're like, Hey, I know the answer. And they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they start asking somebody else or the, uh, the shop, the, the, the people in, in charge of the shop. Cause in mechanical engineering, you have to take shop classes. They'll like, they'll like tell all the guys, Hey, you know, go to it. Good luck. And then they'll come over to you and say, so here's how to use a drill press. And you're like, bitch, please. I've been, I've been like, you know, <laughs> using, using power tools since I was like, seven like that's no, awesome don't don't do this to me but like and then like there are moments where you're just like i don't get it how is it possible that people mm-hmm. just don't understand i am just as smart as everybody else here um and it didn't help that there were like there was always the one person who's like you do realize you only got here because you're hispanic and female right mm. and you're like no no i got here just the same as you did i worked my 
Azov. Like, no, 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 no. Um, so like, like little things like that. And, and it's just, it continues and it continues to this day. And you're like, man, I'm so tired of this. Just people like, they just ask you different questions. Like when when you come down after giving a talk, sometimes people will, will be like, oh, you know, uh, so actually this is what I've learned. You're wrong. Like, it's great that you got up on stage and said all these things, but you know, well, actually, and you're like, oh, shut up. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you huh. didn't get up on stage. I did. Right. So why don't you let me be the expert and you just shut up and sit down. Um, so like lots of little things, uh, in particular, I was at that particular time when I wrote that, 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 that post, um, smartly teenagers get the party started. I was, I was a CTO. Um, and I would walk around in like a business suit in downtown Charlotte and people would just be like, Oh, you're adorable. Like mm. you think you can be a CTO. That's so cute. And to be fair, I had right. no business being own, a CTO. Yeah, by your own admission. By my own admission. But at the same time, I know lots of dudes who have no have no right yeah. to be a CTO. And they never got any crap like that. It was just like just just walking into the room, people just kind of look at you funny, like, what are you doing here? And they haven't like I haven't even opened my mouth at all. So So do you feel like you've made it over that hump or do you still, are you still treated that way in, in, in many contexts? Um, some ways it it really depends on the context. Um, I think I've gotten, I'm at the point now where giving talks and, um, like I've made enough of a name for myself that people get really excited when they see that Rockbot is speaking at a conference. They Mm -hmm. get really, really stoked because they're excited to like learn something mind blowing or whatever. Um, I should also note though, that I've spent a lot of time doing extremely technical talks to prove myself. Um, which is, I I don't know that that's necessarily something that other people do. Um, I very, very actively try not to give talks on diversity and things like that, just because I want to make sure that I'm pigeonholing myself into here's a super technical person, Mm -hmm. regardless of anything else. Um, that said, of course, I, I still care about diversity and inclusion, and I talk a lot about that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it necessarily in a public forum. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think for the most part, I, I've also been told that once I open my mouth, like, people cannot doubt that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> just, the you, just the way you deliver, or what, what do you mean? Yeah, like, like I, I just, like, people be like, oh, so... So do you work with computers? And I'm like, yeah, actually I'm uh, on, you know, I work at NPM and I, you know, and then, and then just start spewing lots of technical jargon and people are like, right. oh yeah. Okay. You're not an idiot. And it's like, no, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> uh, I cannot stand people who make assumptions about people that, that, uh, you know, just kind of come at them with this negative attitude about what they know. You know, my wife deals with the same thing all the time as a, as a designer. She's a really good designer and she's always telling me stories about how, you know, very similar, you know, similar perspectives, but obviously different, uh, different talents. But this perspective that because of your gender, because of your background, or because of where you came from, you can't possibly lead this team. You can't possibly do this very well. And yeah. they sort of like treat you like some sort of delicate thing. Uh, where she is delicate because she's a woman, but she's also very strong and very passionate and very capable, you know, very capable. And I cannot stand how it's like that. 
drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's one of those things. I, and it's not limited to just gender. It's not limited to just right. uh, race. And uh, yeah. there's so many things. Like, I can't tell you the number. So one of the beautiful things about working at NPM is I would say our average age as a company is probably in the high 30s. Like, which is really rare for startups. Like, like the, the stereotypical startup is like a bunch of 22-year-old guys eating right. ramen while like sleeping in bug beds, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But like, we're not. Like, we're like over 30. And like the number of people that I work with who are just, I mean, everybody I work with is just phenomenally brilliant. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how like some, t- some of them, they'll walk into groups and they're like, oh, you're older. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, this person knows so much more than you do, has been doing this for the entirety of your life. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, shut up and, and listen, you might learn something. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's tell this into some motivation, uh, I guess. We've got four minutes to the break, so let's give a, a snapshot of, we heard about your, your background, obviously, and obviously some of the some of the negativity towards reaching your goals and uh, you being self-assured to the point where you actually reach your goals, which is awesome. But, you know, you got a degree in mechanical engineering. You're not doing that directly now. I guess you kind of are with the robots piece. And we'll talk a bit about that uh, probably here just after the break. But can you tie in what was your motivation to go towards JavaScript? I know you mentioned the um, robots can't talk. Yeah, robots can't talk. (laughs) You know, you mentioned talking to the CEO and and whatnot, but you didn't I didn't hear what motivated you to do that. Was it just the the fact that uh, it was a a goal to reach for you or or what so help us with the the motivation piece and just after that we're in a break and we'll come back in and we'll talk about robots and uh deeper about what you're doing at npm yeah so um the javascript was really just more of a means to an end um it was an opportunity uh the ceo said learn node i was like okay and javascript just made sense um i think a lot of people struggle with the asynchronicity of JavaScript. And for some reason, my brain, like it clicked almost instantly, which is not, it, it's, it's a little bit rarer amongst people who are just learning JavaScript. And it just, it was so much fun for me. I could, I loved the, the instant gratification of working on the web and like seeing my changes in real time. Um, as opposed to having to like wait and compile and like, you know, hope for that, that you didn't have a bug so that you don't have to compile again, sort of, uh, kind of iterate, iterative approach. And um, once so it was about I, the speed. It was, it was about the speed. It was about, it was about the, just the ease of use. The fact that I could play with it immediately in the browser. Uh, I didn't have to like add any new stuff to my computer. Um, and I, at that, at that company that I finally did start working at, I was exposed to other languages like PHP and, um, and a little bit of, of like, you know, Ruby and, and stuff like that. And, I don't know, JavaScript just just sang to me in a in a really fun way. And I was like, I'm just gonna keep getting good at this. I'm really good at not getting good at things. Um, I, I tend to be really I like to think of life as a big buffet and just like try a little bit of everything. I'm no expert in anything, but I'm really good in a lot of things. Um and I was like, you know what? Let's let's try being an expert in something. Let's try being an expert in JavaScript because it's actually really fun and I really enjoy it. So I just kind of like latched on and just decided to kind of keep going with it. Hmm. 
I think something about the web that excites, you know, people, myself included, especially when you come from a minority or in a position where you feel like, you know, people expect you to ask for permission or like, you know, mm -hmm. asking why you're here or why you deserve to belong here is that you don't have to ask anybody's permission. Yeah. Like when you start doing websites, mm -hmm. you just put it out there. You know, you start writing, yeah. you just publish. And sure, then you take the backlash from the publishing or you, you know, you have the problems that come alongside with that, that but you, there's no, there's no gatekeepers. Yeah, that's true. And so you can right. deploy fast. You have the quick feedback loops Yeah, and you just have the open platform. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, and also the fact that the, you know, JavaScript is in every browser. There is the accessibility is, right. I mean, aside from like mobile, say an iPhone or something like that, you can't really program JavaScript in, on an iPhone, but you can do it on an iPad a bit easier with uh, maybe some sort of cloud service or something like that. But, you know, the accessibility to JavaScript and programming with JavaScript is the barrier to that entry is so low yeah. as compared to like what you said before, PHP, a little, little easier. Um, yeah. Or, or even Ruby, you've got to get, you know, you know, in theory, you've got to get it right, right? You got to get the right Ruby version on and then you've got to mm -hmm. get, you know, all these different things in place that usually requires homebrew and, or to make it a little easier to make it the way that you would want to develop long term on it. So you've got all these different bumps and hurdles that you got to get over with JavaScript. All you do is open your browser, enable a certain mode and hit, uh, you know, command option I and boom, you've got a console and access to the source control, you know, the source code and whatnot. And you're on your way. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was just, it was too easy not to get into it. <laughs> I, like that, I was like, it was, it was just so easy. It's just so fun. Easy so. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, let's take a break. We'll, uh, we'll come back and uh, we got 20 more minutes of the show. So we'll talk deeply about robots as deep as we can go. The book you mentioned and uh, any bit you can share about your experience at NPM and where you're going and what's happening there, especially around, uh, you know, obviously what NPM is, but just how JavaScript is moving forward. So we'll take that break. We'll talk about that when we come back. Full Stack Fest is sponsoring this show. It's a week-long Full Stack Development Conference, September 5th through 9th in Barcelona. If you haven't seen this conference, check it out. You're going to love it. Fullstackfest.com. It aims to push new, interesting ideas to the whole technology stack, and it's delivered by some of the brightest minds in our industry. Full Stack Fest will have a single track featuring talks along the following themes, DevOps, backend, machine learning, including AI and things like that, UX, browser technologies, Internet of Things, wearable technologies. It's a full stack conference end to end September 5th through 9th, 2016 in Barcelona. Head to fullstackfest.com. Once again, September 5th through 9th, 2016 in Barcelona, fullstackfest.com. And tell them Adam from the Changelog sent you. All right, we're back from the break. Uh, this is uh, this is interesting. So, Raquel, we've got a quote from you that says you you essentially use robots as an excuse to get people excited about code and math. Is that where the motivation came for you to kind of get into that piece, get into the robots portion, combining JavaScript and your mechanical engineering background? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think so. Um, so the the getting people excited about code and math. That's been something that I've been doing for a long time. Um, I have found, so I have this really kind of backwards uh, way of, of doing education. Um, to me, 
I hate the way that the traditional education currently is set up, which is like, let's learn addition. And then let's learn multiplication after that. And then let's start talking about algebra and then calculus and then da, 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 da. And I remember sitting in high school, looking at my calculus teacher and I just, he was, he looked at me and he was like, what, what's wrong Raquel? And I, I just, I just looked at him straight up and I was like, dude, why are we learning this? This makes no sense. What is the point of all of this? Um, and he was like, I promise you, it, it, it'll all make sense. It'll all make sense soon. And it took me another five years before it all made sense. It wasn't until college that I sat down and I was like, oh my God, all of this makes sense now. And I was like, this is backwards. This is completely and totally backwards. The way I want to, I want to teach people and, and what I've been doing uh, ever since I had that epiphany uh, is start with the cool thing first. Start with the cool thing that says, that gets people excited. So. Robots are just so cool. People love robots. People love yeah, the movies and they love, they just, they love this idea of these little mechanical pets or mechanical like assistants or whatever that they can boss around the way that, you know, their older siblings boss them around. And, and you know, like, like there's just something really cool about robots. And so when you introduce robots to people, whether they're children or adults or, you know, whatever, like people are like, oh my God, how do I build that? Like at fir the first thing that, that everybody does is I can't do that. And then, and so then I start, well, okay, what if I showed you how to do this? How do, how, what if I showed you how to build one of these things? Um, and people are like, oh my God, it's really that easy. And it's like, yeah, it really is that easy. And so like, I use the, I like to use a carrot instead of a stick uh, to get people excited about about robots. And then what's the next thing that people ask? They're like, okay, wait. So if all it, if all it requires is me to start putting these things together, now what do I do? It's like, well, what do you want it to do? Then now the question, now the control is on their part. Say, well, I want it to follow something around. Okay, cool. So how do we get, how do we get this robot to follow another person around or another robot around or a dot on the wall around? Well, now we have to talk about, uh, image processing, or we have to talk about movement, or we have to talk about basically physics and math. And now you're excited about it. Now I can say, okay, now here's this thing called calculus. We've already talked about like, here's this thing called algebra. Let's, 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 let's get into it. Like now it's no longer a chore, but a, a yak that needs to be shaved. And, and I I'm, I'm very careful with that because I think a lot of people look at chores as like, oh, I just don't want to do it because there's no point except that I understand that later I'll be happy about it. But when you're shaving a yak, you're like, I know what the end goal is. Yeah, that's true. Now I, now I have to go backwards and get to the point where I know enough that I can move forwards again. And now you're in control. It's not the teacher in control. The teacher is not in control of your learning saying, hey, here's how you do this or that or whatever. Now it's you in control saying, I'm ready to learn this thing. And I found that to be extremely powerful because people all over, like the NodeBots movement has completely just, it's, it's unbelievable. It is just massive right now. It started out with just like four people being like, all right, let's see if we can get people excited about this because we're so excited about it. And there are NodeBots meetups all over the world. There's an international NodeBots day every July that like, no, all the NodeBots meetups all have like a hack day 
it's like the third Saturday in July or something like that. And all around the world, everybody's hacking on Nodebots at the exact same time. Hmm. Um, and and to your point, Jared, like the the beauty of like a lot of people are like, well, why the hell would you use JavaScript to build robots? Like of all the languages out there, like when you build robots, you use C maybe you use Python. But no, I like I've been an advocate for JavaScript. As soon as I figured out that JavaScript could be used for robots, I was like, forget it. Everything else, put it to the side. Let's focus on JavaScript for exactly the same reason that you that you said. JavaScript is so the barrier to entry to JavaScript is so low that if I can get people excited about mm. playing with robots because JavaScript is so easy to use, then then I can get them excited about other things and get them excited about like engineering and computer science and all sorts of who knows what else and it's just it's a game changer it's an absolute game changer that you're not going to necessarily see in the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months or even the next couple of years within the next couple of decades i really think people are just going to like be like well i mean i built a robot so how hard can this internet thing be yeah. <laughs> you know? let me ask you this i have i have a almost eight-year-old daughter and um we homeschool so i'm very involved in just in her education mm -hmm. and whatnot What's the quickest or easiest way for me to go from zero to node bots with her or zero to excited yeah. with regard to node bots uh, with her? Like, what would be my steps to have something where she's like, let's do this? Like, what do I All do? Right. So um, I would argue uh, do the hello world. The hello world in, in, uh, in node bots is like, it's not console.log. It's um, getting an LED to blink. Um, and what's really cool about that is, so you start out with an Arduino and you've got a little, little LED and you can use Johnny five. So Johnny five is uh, a module that Rick Waldron created. Uh, Rick is on the board of jQuery. So what's cool about Johnny five is that it feels a lot like jQuery. So if you're fairly proficient with jQuery, you can easily, even if you're not fairly proficient with jQuery, if you just understand the basic concepts of jQuery, Johnny five is super easy. It's like, servo dot to some angle like led dot on led dot off like it's mm -hmm. so so easy um and so what i would recommend that you do is you start off with get an led to turn on um and then add a button add a button so that when you press the button the led turns on and when you let go of the button the led turns off and then just start playing the 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 documentation and the API for Johnny Five is so so good, and it's it's really quite uh, it's pretty thorough, um, and and has so many different components that you can get and use and and all that stuff. Um, so that's a really fun thing to do if you want to use Johnny Five. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that's a little bit uncouth, but because your your daughter is eight, I don't know if you've ever heard of squishy circuits. Have you heard of squishy circuits? No. Okay, so there's there's Googling, this idea. Googling. Yeah, there's this thing called squishy circuits, um, which is basically electronics with Play-Doh. So you make Play-Doh at home, and there's two different types of Play-Doh that you create. One is with salt, and one is with sugar. And what that means is one is conductive, and the other one is not. And what mm. you can do is you can actually create circuits with this Play-Doh as like the wires between your components, and you can learn about electronics using play-doh and this is huh. great for adults and kids and everything but especially if it's if it's like uh parents and kids working together especially mm -hmm. in a homeschool situation i think it 
is just super fun because not only do you get to like learn about like not only do you get to play in the kitchen and like make play-doh but then you yeah. also get to play with electronics and start learning about basic E&M and all of those things and it's and it, again it's about getting your hands dirty and playing around and then the next thing you're going to be doing is trying to understand okay wait so what is the polarity of all these things how does a capacitor work how does you know, and, and and those questions are things that you're going to be excited to learn as opposed to somebody sitting you down and be like, all right, so let's talk about Maxwell's equations. It's just like, oh, God, why? Why are we doing this? Right. Right. <laughs> so. Very cool. Yeah. I will t- definitely check out squishy circuits. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Johnny Five. Uh, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Do, do it all. Do all of it. Do but all the thing the is, once you understand how electronics work, then doing the Johnny Five stuff is is even easier. Um, you can totally do the Johnny five stuff without understanding electronics. I mm-hmm. certainly did. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Well, this fun. approach though, to starting with the, the, <clears throat> the exciting thing to get to this, uh, I don't know, this motivated state, I guess is probably the easiest way to say it. Cause there's times when you learn and you're like, I realize I have to go through the, the trenches for a bit to get to, you know, the other side. And I yeah. get that. And that's good if you're starting with motivation. Mm-hmm. But if you're beginning with no motivation and someone's sort of dragging you along, yeah, which is usually not usually it's it's often the case as someone beginning to learn. You're motivated yeah. by some sort of long term goal, but the short term is really hard. Mm-hmm. And but starting out with this this goal of like, here's something real that you can actually see tangibly this whole world that isn't just a console law kind of thing. It's actually a blinking light or. In this case, with the squishy circuits, that's I'm surprised that squishy circuits isn't bigger. It, it yeah, like I Google it and it's there's a bunch of stuff out there, but it seems kind of like dated to a degree. Some of yeah. the sites that that it houses or or housing information around it, it seems like it could be organized a bit more. Yeah. Also remember that a lot of it. So that squishy circuits came out of uh, a university. Oh, yeah. And St. So Thomas, like, is that it? Yep. Yeah. University of St. Thomas. Uh, the person who created it was actually one of my TAs in college. Um, and I worship at her feet. Cause she's just so amazing. I mean, I watch, uh, um, and Jared does too, Shark Tank every week. And this should be on there. Like, this should be a business. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> kids, because like, it's, I mean, this is, uh, I think kids learning and this kind of kids learning stuff is just. Yeah. I mean, it's so hands-on and it's so pliable to, to their minds. Like they see, okay, this is green and that conducts and this is a, you know, no color, for example, and that doesn't right. conduct. And I get that when I put these two together and I put this in there, you know, yep. the light goes on. I mean, yep. that's, to me, that's, that's the most best learning you can do. Absolutely. But, but we're talking about people who are like, so that's, that's the interesting thing, right? Like there's so many different parts of our society that haven't figured out how to work together yet. Like, academia and and like the whole tech movement has there's so many opportunities for for both to like really really take off but i don't know why i think i think there's just this whole like uh academia they don't know anything and then there's like the academics are looking at like oh well they're just a bunch of 20 year olds eating ramen while sleeping on bunk beds like (laughs) there's there's so many opportunities for everything to kind of coalesce and we're just messing it up by not by not taking advantage of that um so yeah i don't know i don't know why squishy circuits isn't bigger and like just marketed everywhere the other thing is there's like how how do you make money off of that yeah you can make you can make the recipes at home like 
Well, I think that they, they, there's a lot. I mean, this isn't Shark Tank, and I'm not uh, Mr. Wonderful, but um, you know, there's lots of areas where people don't want to make this stuff. Maybe that's the interesting part too. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. giving them the information, information is is sellable. Doesn't have to be a hardened product. You know, the the book, for example, or a course, or you know, access to ten videos that goes from zero to you know, probably he lights or something. I don't know. Just something that. I think there's something interesting there that could be um, education based because kids education and education in general is totally um, not so much should be a uh, capitalistic for-profit business, but there's certainly a lot of opportunity because parents will pay to have their kids be educated in in all sorts of unique ways. And I'm sure Jared buys books or gets donated books or something for his curriculum at home. And there's some sort of, monetary component that goes mm-hmm. with it that, you know, he would totally add on to his daughter's uh, education cycle to that he would pay for. Yeah. I mean, there's no, and there's Jared's all over the world. There's no uh, better investment in my opinion. Let's ask this one yeah. last thing about robots and then we'll talk about MVM. Raquel, we want to respect your time mm-hmm. and we're getting near the end here. Um, you've been in the NodeBots community for a long time. In fact, you're kind of Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly, not backing out of it, but you're you're interested in other other things uh, in 2016. But throughout your time, what are just a, give us a couple of the coolest things that you've seen done with regard to NodeBots oh, and yeah. robotics over the years? Oh my goodness! Um, so I'm not going to answer the robotics general okay. question because that's just too big. Um, but NodeBots, um, I have seen. So it's so amazing to me how far people can go with just eight hours. Just not even six hours, with six hours of time starting from nothing and building something really awesome. Um, I've seen seen little robots that will like like know how to use a keyboard because like they've just been like they can type stuff out for you. I've seen uh, somebody built a a little a Wi-Fi enabled uh, cat laser thing. So like like they'll be in their office uh, like in another part of town. And they will like log into their home and just on their iPhone, move the laser around to like distract their cat in the middle of the day. Uh, I have, uh, so the, there are lots of wearables, so many fun wearable type things where like uh, a friend of mine, Cass Perch makes a sash called node sash, where if you tweet at the node sash, uh, if if you give it like a, a hex color, it'll queue up on the sash. And so like, like there's just every time that you tweet these colors, there's just like a rainbow of colors on the sash. Uh, There are, there are lots of robots that can do object avoidance. Uh, My whole goal as a member of the NodeBots community was to just keep pushing the edge. Cause a lot of people, again, don't know where the end is and they'll just kind of be like, well, this is as far as I can go. So I'm just not going to go any further. Uh, so I built robots that had a little bit more, uh, AI in them. So like I, I had a robot that could draw, um, it drew like, uh, an abstract piece of art, mm. um, or like I had a, a robot that could, uh, scan an area and like know what's, what's in, in view and all sorts of things. But probably the most impressive thing that I've seen to date is, um, uh, a hexapod which is a, a six-legged robot that walks beautifully. Like it has a perfect, a, a perfect gait 
um, which is just, you know, a walking pace that it looks like a bug and it's, it's massive. It's, it's like, I want to say it's about two feet by two feet. Um, it like fits into it, like a two foot square, Hmm. uh, and it can like open up and it sounds so creepy. It is the creepiest sound because of all the servos and everything. It sounds like something out of the movies. Um, and it's beautiful the way that it moves around and the person who built it, um, uh, he, he created it. And actually he's in Houston. Um, his name is totally blanked right just the second. Of course it does right at the moment when you need to like give a shout out. Um, <laughs> uh, but he used JavaScript animations to help program the servos so that it would have a really fluid walk. And it is the creepiest thing. Oh, Donovan Buck. Shout out to Donovan Buck, um, DTEX on Twitter for making this ridiculously creepy, but so freaking awesome robot. Um, and he gives talks and stuff. So I, I recommend uh, seeing some of his talks to see this robot in action. Um, it is absolutely beautiful. It was his second robot ever. The first one was the Hello World. Mm. He was like, wow. all right, this Hello World is cool. Now I want to build a hexapod. And I'm like, okay, you have the power. Go for it. And it, it's really, really impressive. Aside from Johnny Five, which you've mentioned already, any, any interesting repos out there on GitHub or elsewhere that, uh, that is like essential to getting started? Um, hmm. Johnny Five is a really good one to start with. And it, and it like there are add-ons to Johnny Five that you can also, and you, you can find those. Um, I've, I built a, a module called Vector, um, but it's spelled with a K instead of a C, uh, that basically it does all of your matrix math. So you don't necessarily need to know how to do linear algebra as long as you understand the basics of this is what a vector is and I need to uh, rotate the vector or whatever. So like I wanted to abstract out linear algebra enough so that people could just start using uh linear algebra and, and vector transformations and matrices. Um, that was like my first node module. I was like, okay, I can get into this. Like I have this niche that I can get into. Um, I'm sure at this point there are better matrix modules out there, but I made it specifically for robotics. Mm. Um, that was kind of one of my little claimed claims to fame in the node community. Like, Hey, I was the first person to write a matrix module for NPM. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, so if you want to do some like cool Matrix stuff. movies, yours will still be the best. <laughs> yes, Matrix, indeed. Matrix two and three really didn't have. No, they they were missing something special, and it it just mm-hmm. sort of went down from there. That uh, that's a whole different topic. I'm sorry. Yep. There's only there's only one Matrix movie. Oh, there is. That's yeah, well said. The first. Oh. There's only one. Uh, I'm I I don't know what you're talking about. There's only one. <laughs> what trilogy? Well, while we're on the subject of open source and NPM, uh, yes. we've talked a little bit about your work there, but not deeply. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to you b- about you being employee number one and Isaac reaching out to you when you thought you were an unknown, uh, at least to him uh, from that perspective. Um, but obviously this show's roots is in open source. We're called the change log. It's mm-hmm. you know, what's fresh and new in open source. That's what our tagline has been forever. Although I think our uh, platform and, this podcast and the content kind of has shifted and changed a little bit over that time. And we're probably a bit more about deeper stories than we are about what's fresh and new, but nonetheless uh, at NPM kind of give us an understanding of of what your role is there and and how you enjoy 
um, being able to work at a company where so much is built around open source, it was built around open source. Um, yeah. Help us out with that. Yeah. So, um, so NPM as, uh, as an acronym, which doesn't actually stand for anything. This is the one thing that will blow everybody's minds. NPM does not officially stand for node package manager. It's just NPM. Really? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, why? why not? Um, because why should it? Well, it did at first, but now it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, if you, did, if, or... if you ask, it never did. If you ask Isaac, oh, I'm just like, no, no, it's, it's just NPM. <laughs> it's just NPM. Um, but NPM is, is a package manager for JavaScript. Um, and it, used to, it started out as, as just for Node, but um, now people are using it for everything from backend uh, Node to frontend to robots, right? So it's like, it's for absolutely anything JavaScript related. Although, let's be real, there's CSS in NPM, there's C in NPM, there's even some Ruby and Perl in NPM at this point. Right. Um, so it's really just a really awesome package manager. Um, and my team is the web team. And our purview is when you go to npmjs.com, we take care of everything from the design all the way down to making sure those boxes stay up. Um, so we are full stack and we care a lot about this website and making sure that it is up and useful. And we have so many things on our plate. I, I feel so bad because there's we're a really small team. Um, NPM as a company is about 25 people. Um, which I think surprises a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, the web team itself is four. Um, actually, do the back five. We're five people because um, we include the designer. Uh, and so uh, five people trying to tackle everything there is to tackle about the website. There's always somebody upset with the state of the website. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We just cannot handle everything. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then, you know, so that's, that's our job. That's my, that's my team's job. Uh, we also have uh, other teams at NPM. Uh, the CLI team is the one that everybody knows and loves because when they do NPM install, that's their code. Um, and of course, we have our registry team and uh, our, our sales and marketing and, and of course, our support team, which is phenomenal. Uh, and our registry team who makes sure that everything actually does stay up. Uh, once upon a time, the NPM registry would go down pretty much at a sneeze. Um, and now it, it's got like 99, it's got like six nines or something percent up. It's ridiculous. Our, our teams are so fantastic. Um, so what was I going to say with that? Um, we love open source. Uh, so much of our code is open source. Unfortunately, as we grow, some things have to be a little bit more closed source. Uh, just because we need to make money somehow, but, but the benefit of that is that other people get to make closed source things with NPM as well. So we introduced private packages and orgs, and we have our NPM onsite, which is our enterprise solution. And what that basically means is you can feel comfortable using NPM for everything, not just your open source stuff, but also the things that you want to keep just within your team or within your company or just on your private projects that you're not ready to say publish on because of all the possibilities that could happen when you publish uh, code onto the internet. Um, and I love that. I love that, that the community is number one in what we, what we do constantly. I think a lot of people got really angry when we became a company um, because they're like, wait, no, 
you can't be a company. You can't be a for-profit company. We're mm. open, like open source is so important. And it's like, well, look, we could say open source and nonprofit of like nonprofit, et cetera. But the thing about open source is that you garner the, you take advantage of the community who wants to put in their own personal time into making your product great. And that's fantastic. But the fact of the matter is that there are some things that nobody wants to do. There's a reason why uh, sanitation workers are paid so well, because nobody wants to do the crap work. Um, and so we're getting paid to do the work that other people wouldn't necessarily step up to do with their free time. And you shouldn't have to step up to, with your free time to make sure that servers yeah. are up. Um, so being able to pay people uh, to sustainably work, uh, that's one of the great things about NPM. We really care about sustainability in terms of just our culture. At 6 p.m. in our office, the lights go out. This is like a building thing, but we never stopped it from happening. The lights turn off at 6 p.m. So it's time to go home. Like everybody leaves the office at 6 p.m. from NPM because there's no point in overworking yourself. Uh, our VP of engineering likes to tell everybody, she's like, okay, look, I want NPM to exit. I want NPM to exit big. And so when that happens, in order for that to happen, I need everybody to be putting in their absolute best work. The only way for you to put in your absolute best work is if you sleep well every night and eat well and enjoy your time outside of work so that when you're at work, you're actually doing your best work. Mm -hmm. So for, for the love of everything, just go home. Stop working at 6 p.m. Don't get back online. We'll see you in the morning. There's nothing so horribly, awfully wrong that it can't wait until the morning, unless it's like an ops thing. Right. Now um, the registry is up all the time. Yeah. Now that the registry is up all the time, like we have a really sensible ops rotation. I'm on it. Um, and that makes sense to have a rotation like, for those kinds of jobs, though, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And we have a team that, that takes care of things when we're sleeping, so we don't get woken up in the middle of the night. Like, I've never gotten woken up in the middle of the night uh, when something goes wrong. Like, it's normally just like a little box that Amazon forgot to notify us that it was shutting down. So we have to like, all right, let's fix it. But like we're, we have such a redundant architecture that 90% of the time, it's really not a big deal. Mm. So we really care about making sure that not only are our employees happy and, and thriving and successful, but that everybody else who's using our product is happy and thriving and successful. And yes, search still sucks. And we know this, and we're working on it. <laughs> um, but you know, there's just so many things. There only there's only so much time for us to get all the things done. So, do you have anything NPM related that's coming down the pipeline uh, that you can share with us, whether it be you know on the open source side or even on the on the ink side? Um, let's see. The website's getting a redesign. That's kind of fun. Um, there's NPM Camp coming up. Um, it's it'll be like a, a really chill conference. It's not actually camping. It'll be in Oakland. Or, you know, you can find a tree every once in a while. Um, and uh, uh, actually, I love working in Oakland. Oakland is just a fantastic place to be. I love it better than working in San Francisco, like by heaps and bounds. Um, so shout out to Oakland. Uh, and uh, let's see what else is coming up. Um, you know, things are just kind of right now we're focusing on our products and making sure that they are the best they can be. Uh, I know the CLI is working really, really hard to just 
they have such a massive, massive to-do list. Um, it's not like there's going to be, there's not going to be an NPM four coming out anytime soon. Um, so NPM three is still the, the hot, the hot thing, but they're, they do, they do weekly release, weekly releases. So, um, make sure you're constantly upgrading your NPM, uh, just so that you have the latest and greatest. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much, it's pretty much what I can think of. Well, there is one topic that we have uh, not talked about, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've been wondering this, like we have been wondering this for, for a very long time. You, you rock the handle Rockbot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so I'm kind of curious, knowing your history, knowing your path, as we've uh, shared here on the show today, where did that name come from? Did you, is it self-professed or is it someone give you that, that name? Where did it come from? Yeah. So, um, uh, back to 2009. Uh, there was this thing called Twitter and, uh, I wanted to be part of it, but, uh, online identity is scary. Um, so I didn't want to put my name on my Twitter handle. And, uh, at the time, uh, I go by Raquel all the time now, but, uh, my nickname growing up was Rocky, like the boxer or the squirrel, whichever your preference. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Um, Okay. And, um, the reason my nickname was Rocky was because no one could pronounce Raquel. Don't ask me how everyone kept calling me Rachel or Rochelle or Raquel. And I was like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> I was in third grade um, and, and uh, Rocky was my nickname all the way through college. Um, and so I was like, OK, well, Rocky, but Rocky is such a common like name. Uh, but I also do robots. So Rocky, robots, let's just squish the two together. And I will, I'll try being Rockbot. And that is basically forever and ever the thing. <laughs> is it a hard handle to maintain? Meaning, you know, as new networks come up, you're able to get it. I'm pretty able to get it. The only, the only downsides are, um, so Freenode has Rockbot as a, like there's a bot named Rockbot. Uh-huh. So I can't get Rockbot there. I have to like add underscores or something. Um, and then, there's there's a company called Rockbot, which uh, does it's like a it's like a, a crowdsourced jukebox sort of thing. So like when you go to mm. a bar, um, you can like get the Rockbot app and like choose a song and pay monies to listen to the song in the bar, uh, which is really hilarious because a they're also located in Oakland uh, and b their Twitter handle is at Get Rockbot. Uh, because mm. they couldn't get the Rockbot handle because I had it first, but they, they have. Need, they need to hire you as their CTO. Well, I mean, <laughs> they did. So it's so fun story. That's they fun. did. They know somebody that I know. Like so, my first startup living in San Francisco. They they knew my boss, and uh, they asked via my boss if I would give up my Twitter handle for them, and I was like, no. Like at that point, I had like two thousand followers, and they had like. Mm-hmm. 200 and i was like no 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 that's not gonna work um and at this point i think very much differently but it's super funny getting tweets every once in a while being like oh my god Rockbot is so awesome and they like show a picture <laughs> of a bar and i'm like yeah 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 Tweet that. that's take the picture out all right last question for you Raquel. we'll let you we'll let you get back to hacking and slinging um programming hero i mean we love to hear who's influenced you and, and obviously your, your path is is a zigzag like anybody's 
um, not a straight arrow, but uh, who would you consider a hero for yourself? Who's been an inspiration to you in programming, in open source that you want to give a shout out to? And it doesn't have to be one. Yeah, a couple is fine, but uh, yeah. who's your hero? Um, CJ, Siegebot, uh, CJ Sil- Silverio is, uh, is our VP of engineering at NPM. Um, and she, she started at NPM a week after I did. And so she and I have been on this fun journey for, for two years now. Um, and 90% of the things that I've learned in the last two years have come from her. Uh, she is just above and beyond. Holy cow. Amazing. Um, I also need to give a shout out to Stubbornella, um, Nicole Sullivan, who she does a lot, you know, she's more on the CSS type of things, but she has taught me a ton about the non-coding side of things. Um, and, uh, you know, full disclosure, she's also my manager at the moment, but, uh, just has taught me so, so, so much, uh, about kind of like understanding a product and understanding how, how to kind of finagle your way to understanding what are the priorities. Because it's so easy when you're first starting a company to be like, all right, I have all these billion and seven ideas. Let's execute on all of them. And no, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Uh, but knowing how to figure out which one of the seven billion or one billion and seven, how do you pick just one to focus on? Um, and she's kind of helping me understand that in the context of NPM. Um, and, uh, so definitely massive shout outs to the two of them for just like, I just bow at their feet for like, yes, teach me everything, you know, we, we have this joke at NPM, um, that DJ and I started that, uh, it's like, have you ever seen heroes, the TV show? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. do you know how Siler would like do something weird to people's brains? Mm-hmm, and everyone right. just assumed that he like ate their brains to understand everything that they knew. So mm-hmm. we just like, we just like walk around and, and like, I'll be like, CJ, I need to pair with you. Cause I need to eat your brain, you know? Like, so I can just, just mm-hmm. like, and it's like gruesome, but at the same time, well, it's much better like, than pick. Yeah, no, I don't want to pick your brain. I just want to eat it. Just, just give me all the knowledge that's in your brain so I can put it in my brain so that I can become all the more powerful. Yes. Go. So, uh, I guess not really a, Last question, but this is really the last question. Um, okay. Since you're such a wealth of knowledge, we want to eat your brain, uh, and we'll do that for in a me. nice way. Yeah, in a, in a yeah. nice way. Of oh, course. of course, totally. My brain is for eating. In a not creepy way. <laughs> in a non creepy way. Um, <laughs> what's on your radar? You know, there's lots of open source out there. You're, you know, deeply invested with a lot of fun stuff. If you could take a break from, uh, I guess maybe at 6 p.m. when you take your breaks, um, what would you hack on that's new, fresh? In open source, what's out there on your radar? That if you had some time to play with it, yeah. Oh man, I've like done such a good job of like avoiding everything for a little while. Um, that said, I've heard I keep hearing amazing things about React, and I'm just like, okay, I need to just build something with that. Um, but I haven't yet. Uh, I don't know. I've I've just been kind of like. Uh, I think a lot of the the robot stuff continues to be really fascinating to me. Just seeing how people are building cooler and cooler things, especially on the like super mathy side of stuff. Um, there's a there's a somebody named Hackintosh uh, is his Twitter handle, 
He does some really, really, really neat stuff uh, with regards to streaming data um, and like hacking Chromecasts to like stream data that you might have gotten from BitTorrent and like just some fun things like that. That's that's the sort of thing that when I have time, I try to play around with that a bit more because it's something I don't know at all. I know nothing about data streaming. I know very little about like I, I use streams, but I don't use them the way that they use them, you know, and right. uh, that's some that's some really, really cool stuff, mostly because I just there's only so many things that are available via the Chromecast. And I'm just like, oh, I want to watch this other thing. Um, and so I think I think that could be really I think that's really fun and really cool. Uh, mad science that people do. And uh, I, I love seeing people do things with internet technology that no one ever thought that you should be able to do with internet technology, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. Well, certainly fun things in React. We've, uh, we've talked a bit about that. We had Dan Abramov on not long ago. Jared, if you've got mm-hmm. the internet up, pull up the number for me because I forget. But we had mm-hmm. Dan on, talked about uh, Redux. Uh, talked 187. About 197. 187. 187. So go to slash 187 if you're listening. Uh, also be in the show notes for you. 149 if you want to go back to the initial React.js uh, episode with the Facebook team. Yeah, that was a good one. We, should, we need to circle back with them too and get them back on because lots of lots has happened since then and mm-hmm. we could use a, a catch-up of some sort. Mm-hmm. But uh, React is certainly cool. What was the other one you mentioned? Um, Just uh, the... Hackintosh. Yeah, Hackintosh's stuff. Just everything he does. He blows my mind every single time cool. him and for um yeah the the two of them just build the coolest stuff like what <laughs> what are you doing how do you, what where, where did you come up with this idea um <laughs> i just I, I love i love watching their talks at like different conferences because yeah. every single time is guaranteed just make me go where do you have, where do you find the time to come up with this ridiculous right. idea and then execute on it and then blow my mind? I don't understand. Anyway, so somebody else was really singing good. Faraz's praises recently. Adam, who was that? I think it was Henrik Yorateg. Mm. Uh, was super excited about what Faraz is up to. You might have to get him on the show. And- well, I had a, a conversation for our ad spots with uh, with Opbeat Thomas Watson, who runs uh, Opbeat Node. And mm-hmm. the uh, the node piece to Opbeat for their application performance stuff, and he was talking about Frost and several others, but I think he was saying that Frost is sort of like um, independently employed or something like that. I'm not really sure. Like somehow they're not really employed, but they're employed. This group of people. It's just one guy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's he. I'm, I'm referencing the other people Thomas mentioned. Oh, not just Frost, but these this group of people are. Doing really awesome stuff, as Raquel's mentioned, mm. but uh, I don't know. Raquel, is he, is he employed somewhere? I think he just I thought he works was. on open source, and he just I he gets I mean, funded somehow. Be, I don't know. He might be he might be one of those like secret Googlers right. or something. Uh, you know, like there's so many of them uh, that like the secret Googlers. Could I think be. we need to start a conspiracy theory slash rumor about Frost I right love, now. I love I love starting conspiracy theories. All right. Well, for for us, if you happen to be listening or someone who knows Frost is listening and. They know the truth. Email us, editors right. at changelaw.com. We'd love to hear more. Googler. Yeah, we'd, we'd like to learn yeah. the backstory and even have him on the show to, to to dive a little deeper into what he's up to and 
all the unique things in yes. this building. But uh, Raquel, it's been such a pleasure to to learn more about where you came from, uh, especially this intrepid attitude that Jared has uh, coined for you. I, I think that's such an interesting way to describe your, um, I don't know, just this fearless way of approaching the, the highest mountain sometimes. And I think you're an inspiration to people. And we look forward to hearing more about the awesome stuff you've been, you're, 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 you have been doing, and you will do. And we mentioned off air, but uh, your family now, so oh, part yay. of the Change Love family, and, and we'll be here to support you however we can. Um, but uh, that is it for the show. Is there anything else you want to mention before we go ahead and close? Um, find a reason to smile every day. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> That's the way to do it right there. Smiles every day. Don't That's frown. Right. It's it's bad for your face. <laughs> right? Yeah, indeed. Anyway, thank you so much. This is super fun. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone to uh for listening to the show. This uh I think this is episode two hundred, so if it's not, I'm I'm sad about that. But uh changelaw.com slash two hundred. Uh you'll find show notes there and all the details that Raquel has mentioned on this show today. And uh, that's it. So let's say goodbye. Bye. Bye.